this is my story. I will never carry that weight. Oh, how long, Lord, now and forever, every single sin is erased because of your grace. We had a great time, and it's a little less humid even in Dallas, but we had a wonderful time. I hope you are enjoying the weather as much as you're enjoying, enjoying the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. If you're like me, you didn't start watching the Astros till about four or five days ago. I am, I am undoubtedly a Fairweather fan because I don't go to bad restaurants and hope they'll get better either. I, I just wait till they're good, and then I go, so we're excited. And uh, next week, I know, I know. You can, you can boo me, but I don't care. You've booed me before. But we're glad you're here. Hey, um, we have, and I, I, I've gotten emails from people who are watching online this morning. Thanks for tuning in or whatever you call that. We're glad that you're able to watch online. Some of you Carpenter's Way folks who aren't feeling well. And man, we've had a lot going on in our church family the last month or so. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons we put um, this information in the worship guide, this little pink insert, uh, so that you can be praying for each other. Uh, 
You know, uh, Gene had surgery this week and is doing well. Tom had surgery a month ago on his pancreas, and there's been some complications with infections. Tom Willis, so be praying. And Daniel and Carol McMinnemy went in for hip surgery and had heart stuff, and it's kind of crazy. These are people, you know, Dolores Smith is uh, going through chemo now, and, and these are folks that, that, that make this place happen and that serve the Lord and serve you, and, and in their absence, we need to be praying and lifting them up and, and be looking at this so you know how to pray for each other and encourage each other and feeding each other. Thank you for those of you who have brought food, um, and uh, if you're not able to, that's okay too, but make sure you're praying for each other because it, it's a big deal. Many of you know that uh, the Prothros, Lynn, is a prayer and has been leading prayer ministries for the past four or five years. And uh, he had a stroke about a month ago and has been in extreme pain since then. And we need to be praying for him. And I, I know I don't, I don't highlight these a lot, but I do want you to take note of them so that you can send notes of encouragement and lift each other up to the Lord. That's, uh, that's one of the cool things about being in part of a family and, and a church is that you can talk to each other, talk to the Lord about each other. And uh, I don't know what I'd do if it weren't for the body of Christ. I, I, it would be a very lonely life. So, so uh, enough on that. I do want to highlight some other things going on. As you look, we have new members coming into our church, and, and we're excited to have them in and, and having them join us. Uh, Taylor this week joined us, and uh, uh, we're just, anyway, if you're interested in becoming a member of Carpenter's Way, it's, it's really leadership. Um, if you're not, we're still going to love on you, but... Uh, if you, if you want to be part of a decision-making process at Carpenter's Way, we will be having another new members class in the, ne- in the fourth quarter or in the next few. Actually, probably 1st of January, we'll have our next one. I'll have a date to you soon, and that's how you do that. But uh, keep, keep, uh, keep watching the worship guide for that. I also want to mention, you can read these things, but uh, there is a ladies' ministry December 6th, uh, 3rd event at 6.30, and uh, we, they are... Uh, going to be tables that they'll be decorating. And if you're interested in decorating a table, the information is in the worship guide. You can talk to Julie immediately after the s- service. There's also information on the women's ministry table. Uh, has, uh, speaking uh, of women's ministry, a new women's Bible study will begin this Wednesday night at 6.30. If you're interested, ladies, it's a great way to get to know other people. It's led, led by Heather. It's going to be on the Happy Book of Job. See? There's about eight of you that have read the book of Job before. It actually is a very encouraging book, and that's, uh, that's something most people are not aware of. So we, we want to get you into that book, and if you're interested, take note. Uh, opportunities for ministry, children's ministry, as well as uh, helping hands. The only other thing that I'd like to highlight this morning is, as you know, uh, about two months ago, we changed the format of our Wednesday night uh, from just Bible study to opportunities for us to have discussions as a family on different topics. And we just finished this last Wednesday night, uh, a, 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 just a biblical look at sacred marriage. What is sacred marriage? And we used a, a video series to kind of bounce off conversations by Gary Thomas. And uh, that was excellent. That one ended last Wednesday night. We're starting a new one for the next six weeks. This coming Wednesday night at 6.30. And it's the case for Christ. There's about each week 10 or 15 minutes video and then a conversation that we're going to have. I really, really, it's important to me that you understand that, that, that the faith that you have in Jesus Christ is not a foolish faith. It is a reasoned faith. There is evidence for everything that we believe. There is, there is actual evidence. And so we're going to take the next six weeks, and we're going to talk about why we believe what we believe beyond I was raised in the church or I was raised in the Bible Belt. 
There are reasons for what we believe that separate us from the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses. There are reasons for that. And so we will begin that Wednesday night. If you or your kids are not clear on the evidence of Christianity that is found outside of the Scriptures, inside of the Scriptures, or, or the Scriptures themselves, you'll want to be a part of the next six weeks, and we would encourage you to do that. And uh, we call it koinonia, which means fellowship. It is, uh, it is intimate fellowship, a conversation about the Lord um, based on facts. So uh, enough announcements. I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward at this time as we prepare for our offering. I want to remind you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're visiting with us, this is the one part of the service that is not for you. This is for those of us who attend here on a regular basis. In uh, every November, we have an annual business meeting as a church where we vote on, um, we vote on a budget. That budget includes mission work. It includes the bills we pay here as well as taking care of our staff. <clears throat> that is actually coming up as we are just finishing up our, uh, our business for next year's budget. But um, I, uh, So we as a church agree to support that. And uh, much of our money goes to international missions. Some goes to local missions. Uh, some goes to the church itself. But uh, if, if you're visiting, that's why we take an offering. It is not for you. If this is your home church, we need you to participate uh, so we can pay our bills. It's really embarrassing not to. And uh, so jump in, be a part, be, uh, jump into ministry, because just attending doesn't make you part of the body. Being active does. So, uh, so be a good steward of your life and, and all. And, all right, that's all that. Let's pray and commit the rest of our service to the Lord. You're going to love today. It's going to be a good morning. Father, thank you that uh, we get to gather this morning in this room. And those who couldn't make it for lots of reasons can gather with us online. And it is, it is my prayer, Father, and I know the prayer of the elders, that this be an encouraging morning. Father, uh, we, we are so committed of studying the Scriptures every week and every time we get together. But every once in a while, we need to take a breath and look at what you're doing in the world. And we get the privilege of that this morning. Uh, as, as we will introduce... One of our brothers, a pastor from Uganda this morning, and he's going to be sharing with our flock. It is my prayer, Father, that you will bless him and bless us through him. Father, it isn't his words that are going to bless us. It's the Holy Spirit that lives within him. As he, as he ministers truth to us in his story, uh, I pray that you would move us, Father. You would move us to action. You would move us to help us see that we are in our mission field and that we need to support, pray for, and encourage brothers and sisters across the globe who are also called to serve. So uh, I ask you now, may, may, we, may we turn our face and our eyes and our attention away from the business of church, and now may we fully focus on you, Father, on you, Daddy. May we see what you're doing. May we hear from your Holy Spirit, and may we be changed because of it. So thank you again for us being able to gather. We pray that you would uh, inhabit the worship of your people, and you would enjoy our songs of joy to you. In Jesus' name, amen. play passes if you want to stand and worship with us more than welcome
high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Let no one cut in sin remain inside the liar inward shame, but fix our eyes up on the cross and run to him who showed great love and bless for us freely is risen from the dead trampling over death by death come awake come awake come and rise up from the grave christ is risen from the dead we are one with him again come awake come awake come and rise up from the grave the
guys will stand and sing this with us. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one that could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you, oh, we live for you. In the holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me. Above every other name, Jesus, the only one who could ever say, Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, oh, we live for you.
that one more time. I will feel seated. Uh, as you are aware, I don't give up the pulpit very often or very easily. Uh, we have prioritized as elders in our church uh, teaching you the scriptures, which of course is the right thing to do. Uh, but Satan plays every aspect. Give me a second, I'll introduce you, Paul. Um, I'm preaching before you preach. Um, but, but I got to tell you, as we've talked about before, Satan plays every, every angle. And I want to remind you that Jesus said that his father was seeking those who will worship in spirit and in truth. And as we gather on Wednesdays and we wrestle through evidence of, of, the, of Jesus, the proof, as we wrestle through the scriptures every opportunity together, we also have to make sure that the pendulum doesn't swing so much to just so much head knowledge that you become arrogant in that. Because what really matters is the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in the lives of people globally, right? I mean, that's what really matters. Not our head full of mush, but actually what the Holy Spirit is doing. That's what we are, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so, we are always excited when we make friends with brother and sisters across the globe that God has grabbed and is transforming. And it was about a month ago or so that you stopped by and knocked and said you wanted a few minutes of my time. And we started talking, and I heard your story, and um, we, I introduced you to the Pastor Robert, the missions pastor, and he heard your story, and we made phone calls to find out if you were legit, and found that you have an amazing story of the work of God. And uh, we'll talk more about the relationship that we, build, we believe God is building with Pastor Paul Guidudu. I knew you weren't going to give me a point for that. You know, he came into my office and he introduced himself as Pastor Paul, and I said, that's not a very Ugandan name. I mean, it's kind of disappointing. And then he told me his last name, and I went, okay, now that's definitely Ugandan. So, but uh, Pastor Paul, um, I'm going to let you tell your story, but we are honored to have him. This is our brother in Christ who grew up in Uganda. He'll tell you that story that God is using to raise up pastors 650 right now that he's discipling with the same vision we have, teaching them the scriptures. Uganda is a country with many missionaries, and many of you have gone and worked in orphanages. But I think he said some huge percentage, like 90% of them are in urban areas. The pastors that he's training actually are beyond bridges and roads and way, way out. 
I talked to a pastor who's been helping training who said that what should have been a three or four hour journey was like a 15 hour journey because they went about 12 miles an hour. At which time I thought, God bless you, we'll send money and pray. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going, to, I'm going to turn this over to Paul. Uh, Pastor Paul, your brother in Christ, uh, God is working everywhere across the globe and uh, we are privileged to hear what the Holy Spirit is doing in you and through you. Can I pray for you? You can't say no, that would be really rude. But I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to turn it over to you. Father God, I thank you for Pastor Paul. I thank you for his wife that has not seen him in over a year. I pray for her this morning that as he prepares to go back in the next month or so, we pray that you would take him safely back to his wife and his children and his ministry. Uh, I pray, Father, that for whatever reasons you have him still here in this country, he would fulfill those. I know that he longs to reach Uganda for Jesus. So we pray that through this one humble man, you would, you would take Uganda from, uh, into, into an intimate relationship with you. Change that country, Father. We pray for our country that needs missionaries now. We pray that you would transform our country, not politically, but spiritually. Now, Father, for the next 45 minutes, as we are, we are ministered to, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through this man, and we would all be changed as a result of hearing from this man of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thank you, Pastor. It's a blessing. The only disappointment is he mentioned 45 minutes in his prayer. That does not apply to Africans. Please, somebody send him a text to let him know that that won't happen. <laughs> oh, wow. It's a great thing to be here. Now, uh, a pastor talked about um, you know, teaching uh, scripture, going scripture verse by verse. And uh, I believe in being the doers of the word and not the hearers only. And because I was going to come to church, I invited people to come with me. I don't know how many you did invite, but let me try to find out if my invites are here. If they're not here, at least I invited them. Is Jimmy here? My friend Jimmy, he's not met it. Okay. I wish Jimmy was here. We had a very special encounter. He picked me somewhere on the roadside, and while I told him I was going to be here, he said he would try to be here. Is Joshua here? I met a young man called Joshua somewhere. He was trying to find a church, so I recommended your church. I hope he makes his way here and you don't disappoint me because I was there saying, I mean, this is the greatest church in the area. You need to be there. And I've not been here myself, so I hope you don't. You don't <laughs> if Joshua <laughs> makes his way here, don't disappoint me. I am Paul Jidudu. Now, I was speaking to one of the pastors in the area, and I mentioned my name, Jidudu, and he told me, actually, Dudu has a meaning in this area, and I am pray I'm not going to go into that meaning, please. <laughs> but if that helps you remember me, please, that is my name. So it's Jidudu. <laughs> yeah, so that's my name, Jidudu. Uh, just had... G, G to the Dudu, and then you have my name. And so, which is a great, great name to have because it is easy for you to remember me. <laughs> I don't think you're going to forget that. Now, maybe the younger generations don't know what that means. Help them know what it means. Uh, that will be a great way for them to remember me. Um, <clears throat> I'm born, like, I'm, I'm born, whoo, they gave me 45 minutes. I need to condense this story of 43 years into 45 minutes. 
I need your prayers. Don't you promise you're praying. And if I don't sense your, sense, sense your prayers, I'm bringing the microphone to you. You continue the preaching. <laughs> I was born <clears throat> to a mom. Only the adults will understand what I'm about to say. Who I believe must have been a very, very beautiful woman. She gave birth to nine children. And all of us don't share a dad. Every one of us has a different dad. And we are of different tribes and different nationalities. One woman, nine tribes, different nations. I believe my mom was so beautiful that nine men would still find her beautiful. I told you, only the, only the adults will get it. But I'm told that when she gave birth to me, I am told, when she gave birth to me, she abandoned me as an infant. And so as I stand here today, I cannot describe my mom. I don't know her face. I don't know whether she was tall or short. I have no idea. I have met my siblings. I've met some of my brothers and my sisters. I've not met everybody. But I, I do not know. I don't have any idea who my mom was. And so, when I was about seven, turning into 12, whatever the time, we wanted to find out how old I was. Uh, I was asked, when were you born? I didn't know. And so I went and asked the old man that brought me up, and I said, when was I born? And he said, Paul, I have no idea. But I, we can tell you something to help remember. Uh, when his wife, who I knew to be my grandfather, my grandmother died. He said, you were crawling. So to best estimate, go and go to the grave and check the dates when she died. Then you come and we work out the numbers. So I went by this grave and I looked at the back of it and I'd written when she died. And so we went back and uh, uh, said maybe she died. Maybe she died when I was about six months. So we backed it up and I came up with my own date of birth. But generally, I celebrate birthdays every day. So today can be my date of my birthday. And so if you have a cake to share, I am here. <laughs> Those are the advantages that come when you have stories like mine. So you can celebrate your birthday any day, since I don't know which one is. So I made up my date of birth. I made up my month of birth. I made up the year. I even made up where I was born because I don't know whether I was born in the hospital, I was born under a tree, I have no idea. Now, today as I stand here, I celebrate it because there was a story God was writing then that I did not understand or my mom did not understand or nobody knew because, because of this, that story, I stand here today. And when I was about 12, fast forward again so that Pastor Mike could consider to bring me back 10 years from now. I'll try to condense the story. <clears throat> when I was about 10, 12, when I was about 12, I think, I was given a gift. But the gift I was given was not like the gifts some of us give. You know, some people are given cars as gifts. I was given a gift which had much value than a car. Some people are given gifts of watches 
Uh, if in, you know, in America they give you an iPad, they give you a phone, uh, they buy you new clothes, they buy you whatever, they give you special things. But when I was about 12, I was given a very, very precious gift. Priceless. Of great value. And the person that gave me this gift did not know the impact that that gift would have on my life. But more importantly, the person that bought the gift did not know how much that gift would impact my life. So here I am, I'm struggling, coming from a dysfunctional background, and I'm given this precious gift. The, the investor has no idea that their investment made a big impact in my life. And even the person that carried the gift over to me has no idea how much that gift has made a difference. That gift was the New Gideons, the New Testament Bible. I was given that small thing, and I began to read that. I owned that. That was my first property. That was my first asset. I had the right to go with it anywhere, anyhow, spend as much time as I It was my property. And I invested my life and all my free time in reading that Gideon. I only wish that the person that gave the money to buy that new Gideons would have seen me today. I wish that person would have met me. If that person still lives, has no idea that they are part of the story I am telling today. And by the way, you are that person because somebody you are part of somebody else telling a story like this in some other part of the world and you have no idea that you have had an impact in the life of somebody somewhere. I don't know whether it was $2, I don't know whether it was $1, I don't know whether it was $10, I don't know how much money it was, but whatever the investment, it is one of the reasons I stand here today. And after I'd been given that, we would also have these opportunities in my small town where you have people like Chad and the whole, the whole music team or whatever, the mission group like Robert and Gerard and Pastor would say, okay, let's go to this mission trip, who came to my small town. And now when white people come to my small town, you forgive me for saying white. But for the purposes of my story, love me the way I am. <coughs> so if white people come to my small town, if you come today, if you come tomorrow, this, these are some of the things that you have to experience. One of the things is that the children, uh, I mean, young people, between, even, even the adults, they will not say it, but they kind of find a way of trying to do the same thing. But the children will come closer, and they want to compare your skin and their skin. And if you are hairy, they want to pull that hair off. <laughs> and but to one of the things in my tribe, if we saw a white person come singing, like if Chad and the group came singing, we want to see them sing, but not only sing, we also want to see them dance. Because if you are from my tribe, 
and you see a white person singing and you see them dancing, it is extremely exciting. It is so exciting to see a white person dance because I am sure Chad can write music. I am sure Chad can, not, can sing. But I want to see him dance. I was watching him do the guitar thing, but I wanted to see him dance. I never got to see the exciting part of his music ministry today. <laughs> so we want to see these white people sing because in my tribe when a white person dances, we see them singing, going to the left, but when they dance, they go to the right. You cannot connect the two moves. You need to be an African and see a white person singing. And so we would come out to see... <laughs> now, Jared, I'm not threatening you. You can still come, and we will sing, and we'll be very gracious with you. Don't worry. So, so, so <clears throat> we, would see, we would go to this white to see what these white people were here to do. But this particular day, these white people did not only sing, they did not only dance, they shared the gospel. And an opportunity was given to whoever was listening that day to give their life to Christ. And that day, I made a decision for Christ. The only disappointing thing on that day is when I made the decision for Christ, even the missionaries that came did not shake my hand. Why? Because I was so dirty, I would not come near them. I stood afar off. I gave my life to Christ, and the missionary doesn't know that it's because they came, I gave my life to Christ. So I am standing here because I strongly believe there are five people that have made a major investment in my life, and they have no idea that they are the life changers of my life. The person that gave to the Gideons, the person that brought that testament thing to me, the person that made the decision to say, I am leaving the comfort of my home and I'm going on a mission trip and came on that mission trip. The person that said, well, I may not go with Gerard, I may not go with Robert, I may not go with Pastor Mike, I may not go with the mission team, but I will give the money to send them. The person that said, while they are out there, I will commit myself to praying for them. It is all of these people that invested in my life and all of them have not met me. All of them have not had my story. Would it be true that somebody sitting in this room, you have made these kind of investments and yet you have not met the Paul you invested in. Would you be one of those people that are investing in another Paul, in a Jane, in a, Ma in a Matthew, in a Mark, in a John, in somebody somewhere, and yet you have not met that person? And therefore you do not know how much impact you are having in the lives of people. While I was coming this morning, I was talking to my children. I have 324 children. Yes, 324. <laughs> so I was talking to my youngest one, who is eight. She's called Praise. 
I named that praise because the doctors told me, you will not have this one. This one is going to die before birth. And so when she came forth, I said, praise God. And they said, that's the name. Praise God. That's going to be her name. <laughs> so we call her praise. So this morning, praise says, Daddy, I love you so, 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 so much. And I am praying for you. And you are going to have a good day today. The person that bought the Gideons, the person that invested in my life, did not only invest in my life, was also investing in praise. For praise to be able to tell me, I am praying for you, it is a return on investment on the person that invested in the Gideons that brought that to me and the person that came on the mission trip. What are you saying, Paul? Pastor mentioned 650 pastors. When I was given the new Gideons, they didn't see the 650 pastors. When the missionary came, whoever shared the gospel with me did not see 600 and, 650 pastors. It was a little boy standing over there. But yet that investment is what is going on today to be able for us to minister to hundreds of pastors and for us to continue ministering to thousands of refugees, minister to hundreds of orphaned and vulnerable kids is a product of just that small investment. And I am coming to this church this morning to celebrate you, to thank you for being part of our lives. It is people just like you that make the difference in our lives. It is people just like you that make the impact, that write an erasable story for us. It is because of you that people like me have the ability, have the opportunity to hear the gospel. And it's because of you that after we hear the gospel, are able to go on and do the things we do. Anything we do beyond that, we are doing that as a return on your investment. So every time you are investing in missions right in this local, just, just in your local area, every time you are investing in missions far and beyond here, you are not just sending out money, but you are giving life. You are giving us opportunities to make internal decisions. But not only us, you are having an impact on our children. You are having an impact on our sons and daughters. And because you are having an impact on our sons and daughters, you are also having an impact on our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren if Christ does not come. It is because you are making that sacrifice today. The five people that invested in my life, they never saw me standing at Campeter's Way. You are investing in a life somewhere through your missions, through your giving. That dinner, that lunch you are having with a couple, for you, it's just a discussion, it's just a dinner. But as you share Christ with them, you are, have, you are investing in generations. 
You know, I love what Jesus said. Jesus said that, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> Jesus said that we should put our treasures. Now, I know some of us uh, love having these, you know, boys, bigger boys have toys, big toys. And the ladies have their, love their, chick, uh, their kitchens. The kitchen must look out of this world. It must be a heaven on earth. And then our houses, and then our furnitures, and then our TVs, and then our cars, and then our phones, and then our watches, and then our jewels, and all of those, those good, good things. But every time I ask myself, Every time I wake up, many times I ask myself, if Christ came today, what am I taking with me? And in my own shallowness of understanding, I think that the only thing I am going to take with me is the people that have led to Christ. I believe that the women and the men and the boys and the girls that give their life to Christ are the only ones that I'm taking with me. Anything beyond that is not going with me. Of course, I believe the same for you. I believe that the people that you've helped come to Christ, are the, that's, that's the only treasure, that's the only value, that's the only thing that you take with you. At the end of this life, at the end of this life, when we appear before Christ, when we appear before Christ, at the end of this life, the only treasure the only precious treasure that we'll have taken with us will be the lives we invested in. Now, I am not going to be a pastor. Your pastor is so serious about is so serious on investing in people's lives that he will not buy a tie. That's just a joke. <laughs> me I had to find a way of paying him back so <laughs> and we had to settle that here <laughs> now pastor is that serious pastor is that serious so, I was talking to pastor Robert and uh, pastor Gerard one of them Gerard the other day and they were like you know what with our pastor he wants the minimums on the building nothing luxurious all he wants is us to invest in missions. And I said, he's very serious about that. And we celebrate that. Now, I'm standing here. Pastor asked me to talk to you about what some of the things we do. And um, before I forget, I think 45 minutes are gone. How many do I have? Two? 15? Yeah, you're going to be my timekeeper. I am holding with me a Bible. Unfortunately, this one is in our local language. Uh, it's one of our local languages. We have 54 different languages. I am learning seven. I preach in four or five. But I fail to learn Texan. I can't say ye all fixing to go. God help me. <laughs> uh, 
But I, I, I had to come with some Bibles that our pastors use. So I took this from one of the pastors. It ends in First Corinthians, Corinthians. That's where it ends. It's a pastor's Bible. This is a Bible that's in Numbers 13. So if you are the pastor of this church and your Bible starts at number 13, that means you have to have a good relationship with the one that has Genesis. And so you can go and borrow the other one and leave this one for security. So the pastors we talk about, the ones we're reaching are not the ones that are, these are pastors that get corn on a Sunday morning, they get corn, they get beans in the offering plate. But they are so committed to reaching their communities. 650 of them, none of them gets an allowance, none of them gets a salary, none of them is paid. But they will die to take this gospel to their villages. And so what I decided is to come along with them, to partner with them, just support them, love them, Wow. And help them reach these communities. And I just want to say a big thank you to your pastor and to this church. This morning they just gave me another gift. And these people like giving me small gifts. Ah, this is a very small gift, but it's going to change communities. Thank you, Pastor. And thank you, Camper, as well. Somebody saying, what is there? I don't know. Pastor will explain what is here. You ask him the next time he preaches. I don't know what he gave me, but I trust it's a life-changing investment. It's a Bible project, whatever their materials. And so that's what we do when it comes to these pastors. We provide Bibles. We provide bicycles. We provide training. My job is to provide training for these pastors, provide encouragement. They have to call me when they are sick, when their children are sick, when they lose their family members. They call me, so I minister to them, and then they minister to the villagers. And then on the other side, out of my own story, like I said, because I was left as a child, I now have 320 kids that we have in our program that we love and take care of. Now, all of them have different stories. We need days for me to share different stories of these kids we serve. But one of the things we do at our orphanage is not just an orphanage. For us, it's a mission center. So we intentionally go to Muslims and tell them, give us your children, give us your orphans that you're not taking care of. Of course, you know why I would go to a mosque. I go there because I want to bring these kids in. We love them. And because after we love them, they are given the opportunity to come to Christ. And when they come to Christ, they are hard like a rock. When they go back, you cannot change them. I have had some of them say, even if they kill me, I am not changing my decision. I have given my life to Christ, and I mean it. And so we have all of these ministries going on, whether it's the orphans, whether it's to the uh, villages, whether it's to the refugees, and so many other things just because you made a decision to invest in missions. What I came to say to you, you may not see in this lifetime 
Now, I know you read the Bible verse by verse, and some of you are saying, which verse are you talking about now? Okay, we can deal with verses. Don't worry. Yeah, we are in Texas, so I will lock the doors, and even if I don't lock, all of you have guns. Nobody's going to come to steal. So, <laughs> we can leave the church open. Nobody will come to steal from here. But the thing is, <clears throat> In this lifetime, I strongly believe you will not see everybody that you have helped change. Like the people that invested in my life have not seen me, have not read my story, have not visited to see the fruits of their labor. Right now, you've invested in India. Maybe you've invested locally and somebody has given their life to Christ and you may never meet them again. That's why I want to believe in these people that sing, maybe Chad knows the song. I don't know. I can't sing. Thank you, Chad, for not asking me to sing today. Uh, <clears throat> I only crit critic those that sing, but I cannot sing myself. And so, but the thing is, I, I, live, I love this song that says, thank you for giving to the Lord. Because there is somebody today, right now, who is celebrating their joy in Christ because of you. There is a family that has come to Christ because of you. There is a community that has hope today because of you. In one of the villages where we do ministry, we have a health, we have a health clinic, we have the orphanage, we do the pastor's training, and so many other things go on in that village. Now, all of that village, when you come to that village, they can point you to Christ because of the amazing things that they see God do every week, every month because of the lives that are changed. I am here to say there is a Paul you are investing in. Though you have not seen them, do not be discouraged. I strongly believe that when we make it to the other side, we are going to see these Pauls and I don't know if we're going to be given time for them to walk over, but if they walk over and all of them are saying thank you, I am in heaven because of you. And then the Indians come. Thank you. I am in heaven because of you. And then Africans come. Thank you. I am in heaven because of you. And then Texans and non those people that are non-Texans. I think Louisianas, whatever they try. Uh, by the way, I, 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 it seems like our pastor here doesn't support. The, uh, is it Astro, whatever it is? We should love him like that. Oh, this is a church of love and grace. Okay, you are full of love and grace. But all of those people will be there and they'll be saying, thank you. I'm just in love with your pastor. That's why I'm picking on him. And when he comes to Uganda, he can pick on me. But the, so many lives that are in heaven or are going to go to heaven because you invested. Imagine how many children today that are hearing the gospel because of you. Imagine the grandkids. The return on your investment cannot be measured based on this life now. And, but I just want to say, on behalf of all the Pauls, on behalf of all the orphans, and on behalf of everyone whose life you are part of, I wanted to come and say thank you. You know, there is a story in the book of John, chapter 35, uh, for the purposes of what we're talking. Uh, in, and, and the scripture says, the scripture says, one soweth, 
and one rape. There's one that soweth and there's one that reaps. Now I'm not saying you're going to sow money. Um, I don't, I don't, you, don't, you don't hear that gospel where I, come, where I come from. There is this battle I'm fighting right now. We have places where they say for you to be healed, you have to bring so much money. And if you don't bring that money, you will not be, oh, you want a baby? You need like $300. Bring $300 and you'll have a baby. <clears throat> but the Bible says, Send not ye, they are yet, in, in John chapter 4 actually, John chapter 4, that, 4 35. Say ye not, they are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reaps, receives wages, and gathers fruit unto life eternal. That both he that soweth and he that reaps may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reaps. The harvesting of souls will take all of us. We have to partner with you to be able to reach this community. And I want just to celebrate you because you are doing an amazing thing, an amazing work in this community. But not only in this community, you are going beyond this community. According to Jesus, the harvest is ready. But Jesus says to us, it is going to take those that are going and those that give. But then he says that at the end of it, we both rejoice together because of the fruit. Now, those of you that have gone on mission trips, you come home rejoicing because of what you've seen. But here's the truth. The truth is that you don't see all of it. You may go, I mean, like the people that came on the mission trip that I gave my life to Christ, they did not see all of this. But 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, there is still harvest and impact because you went on that mission trip. Because of, you, because of that investment. And I just want to say to you a million times, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Because without you, without people like you, without what you do, I may have never come to Christ. Without people like you and without what you do, People like me, beyond roads and bridges, in villages. People like me, in poor communities and third world countries, may never have the opportunity to hear the gospel. But we want to celebrate you and we want to thank you for making the sacrifices to be able to give and support and go on missions, to be able to do what you do, because what you do changes lives. If you have never seen a life changed because of missions, today, one of those lives is right here. If you have never seen somebody changed because you give to missions, I am one of those. But I'm not only one. Like Pastor said, imagine 650 pastors. How many lives do they reach every weekend? Imagine 10 years from now, if God makes those 6,500. He's a God of multiplication too. Thank you. Thank you. Help me look at your neighbor and say thank you. Tell your neighbor. That's my doing. Just tell your neighbor. Look at him and say neighbor, thank you. Talk to your neighbor for me, please. Thank you. I don't know how to thank you so that you hear me, but I just want to say thank you because there are orphans whose lives you have changed and you have never met them. Thank you. 
There are widows whose hope you have restored and you have never seen. On their behalf, I want to say thank you. There are communities that you have helped transform, but you have not met those people. On their behalf, I want to say thank you. Thank you so greatly. Allow me to thank the pastor's wife for transforming the pastor. Pastor, please. It's okay, you can't leave yet. You have to sit right here. All right, so I'm going to make you sit right here because I, I want to talk to our church for a second, and uh, you get to be stared at. Uh, it's been nice having you here. May God bless you wherever else he takes you in the future after all your jokes about me this morning. <clears throat> so a couple things. Number one, if you are a Gideon, thank you. Thank you. This is... Uh, this is the other side of that, and each year the Gideons, we have like seven in our church, and each year we take an offering for them, and this is what that does. It really does. And I, you guys, we have a problem in our country. This is what we do on Sundays. If you're traditional, if you're, you know, Bible Belt, we go to church on Sundays. This, that's not what we're doing. What we're doing together is actually reminding each other that East Texas needs Jesus and we are supporting ministries that affect him. He has never seen a dollar of, of our missions money. That's the irony. Never seen a dollar. But he's thanking you. And this is what that looks like on the other side, you guys. As we go to Starbucks and as we do all that and live our lives and go on vacations, which are fine, and every time we pass the plate, so most Southern Baptist churches, as you may be aware if you grew up in it, um, they, have, uh, they do missions outside of the normal offerings. Uh, twice a year they take a love offering and then they send all that money to an international mission board and it goes out. And, and that's good. We don't do that at Carpenter's Way. We take a percentage of your giving every Sunday and it's for, if we were to include all of our mission money, it's between 10 and 15. It's probably like 15 or 16 percent of every dollar you give goes immediately to missions. Some are local, many are international. Um, that's where that money goes. Um, and I... Uh, I just can't express enough. And then on top of it, we have short-term missionaries that go out every year, and you support them. There is a lot of money going out of Carpenter's Way towards giving. But I just want to say something about giving. When you give, that's what this money does. It isn't just a church thing. It isn't just a Sunday thing. It isn't just a, a, a it is really, really is the work of the kingdom that we're doing. This isn't a game. This isn't a tradition. This is real. And Satan wants us to be lulled back into, hey, I'm going to church this morning, or I think I'll go fishing this morning. For those of you that are listening in a fishing boat, you should be here. Seriously. This is so stinking important. Do you realize 100 years from now how big that bass was is not going to compare to how many people the Lord allowed us the privilege of sharing Christ with. This is real and when you look around this building and we're doing our bathrooms and we're so excited about our bathrooms, but when you see the wall that we're beautifully done that way, I just want to remind you, there's a reason we're not investing in this building outside of what we need. Because we want to send money here. That's what matters. Satan has lulled the church in this culture, in this country, into thinking that what we do is church. That's not what we do. We don't build bigger buildings and we don't build better children's centers and we don't build whatever you think we're building. We do kingdom work. And when there's a hole in the roof, we patch it, but our money goes towards the work of the king. 
And I, 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 so, I did not know what he was going to share this morning, but thank you for sharing that because I think we forget. I think we forget. I think we forget that there are lives at stake, eternal souls that we are privileged to participate with. So a couple things I wanted to share with you, and then we're done. Thank you, Gideons. Thank you for those who go on short-term mission trips. Because one of the things we've talked about is when we go into India and they see white people, their ears perk up. It's like, it's like a big deal because they haven't seen a white person. And when you go in, and if you're blonde and they pull your hair to feel what it feels like, that's part of your ministry because that is opening the door for them to hear the gospel. Now they want to hear what you have to say. I got to pull the hair on their arm. That is a big deal. That's one of the reasons we go. The other reason we go is it is really hard for you to nuke a country you fall in love with people in. It changes your political point of view. It doesn't make you liberal. It doesn't take away your conservative nature if that's what you are. What it does is it makes you think twice before you tell our president to push that button, and we need that. This is very personal. This is very personal. Next time you hear about Uganda, you're going to think of Pastor Paul Dudu. <laughs> you said it. I did not. I did not. That's on you. All right. I'm not done. I'm almost done. Thank you. We're done. You, you don't get to talk anymore. You've got to stop talking. Thank you for giving. Thank you for giving. We give, I, I, I'm going to tell you something. We're in, we're in budget talks right now. Karen, uh, who oversees all the finances, and I were talking yesterday. I've talked with Jared over the past few weeks. I've talked to Robert. There are more ministries that need our money, but the reason is, is you don't give enough. We, we only get to pay the bills and get to support based upon your giving. You think this is valuable? Give more. I hate talking about money, you know that, but it is, it, it's a perfect time to talk about it. You want more money to go to missions? Give more. And I'm going to do something we don't do very often. At the end, I'm going to ask the guys who took the usher to be at each door, and I want you to drop money in, and don't do checks, just do cash if you can, and will you use that to buy Bibles for these pastors? This is when you say yes. Okay. No. If, if we take an offering this morning, can it go towards your pastor's ministry? Yes, sir. Thank you. That was the right <laughs> answer. There. We all have, you don't get to talk, you don't get to talk yet. We all, in my office I have 30 Bibles, and not one of them looks like this. There's no excuse for us not to, what are they, $10 a Bible per pastor, you told us? About, uh, about yeah, between 10 and $12. Okay, so now you know, okay, depending on the language, so now you know. So for every Bible you want to buy, it's between 10 and $15, and uh, we will make sure that, uh, Karen, I'm, I'm asking an off-the-wall question. If somebody writes a check to Carpenter's Way, can we make sure that that, we'll figure it out. You're not leaving the country yet. We won't let you out. We've called the State Department. So, but I, I prefer it to be, uh, can, we, can we write a check directly to you, Paul? To the, to, oh, to International, okay, so do that. If you're going to write a check, write it to International Great Faith Ministries, please. That work? Okay. So if you want to support. It's not personal. After your jokes, it's not personal. Um, two more things. Number one, you're planted in your place. God wasn't making a mistake when he planted him born a, a, under a tree or in a hospital in Uganda somewhere. That wasn't an accident. You are here in the Bible Belt not just to enjoy bass fishing and southern things. You, you are here as a missionary to East Texas, and I assure you in many ways it's very difficult. Um, final thing. Can I see that thing I gave you? So we have spent hours with Pastor Paul, and his biggest concern right now is that the pastors get Bibles and are discipled. 
And for those of you who've been reading the Bible with us over this past year with the Bible Project, you know they have, visual, uh, they have videos on every book of the Bible that teaches you what the book's about. They also have hundreds of them that teach you how to read the Bible and how the Bible was made. And these pastors have zero formal training, zero, none. The only formal training they get is from him. And a lot of times pastors come in like me and they train them for a week or two and then they go on. And so our biggest concern is we talked, Jared, uh, who's the chair of our, our mission investment team, and uh, Robert Grimes, who is the pastor of missions in our church. We, our first priority is to make sure that those pastors get the tools that they need to be discipled. Does that make sense? Because whether we think this election season is nuts or not, this country could go socialist in a heartbeat. You know that. That will deeply affect our ability to go into these countries. And so our, as we've talked, I told them that my biggest concern is to make sure that at least 650 pastors in Uganda are prepared to minister without any white people coming into their village. So you understand, right? Because we're looking at the future. So what we did is in our conversation, uh, I contacted the Bible Project, and every video they've ever made is on this USB. And so he can go in and teach seven to ten of his men that can go out now and train those pastors. And what we're going to do, and we're talking about Jared and Robert and I, is about finding a way that we can make sure that these, the, these sketches, those of you who've done this know what I'm talking about, these sketches are printed because they're all copyright free, and then they're laminated so they can be taken and given to every pastor who is going to be given a Bible, every one of them, and we want to make sure that they have the tools that they need through the power of the Holy Spirit to tell Muslims and people who've never heard about the hope of the gospel that, they, that there is hope in Jesus Christ. That is our first priority. And while we do that, we'll send teams if the Lord allows us to. And we'll still talk about that. I'm, I'm overplaying this a little bit because we haven't had that full conversation. But we need to make sure that this man and his team has the tools that they need to do the things that God asked them to do. Do you understand? So it starts this morning with Bibles. And we're giving him this with those tools. And if we need to buy them internet service, we will, we will come alongside and try to help you with that and print those things because printing costs in Uganda and so that every pastor can have a Bible and sketches and they can go across the country and teach the Word of God because who knows how long America is going to be able to send people. But at least we are planting seeds that cannot be destroyed. And by the way, on a side note, I don't know who decides these or who studies these, but I think it was Voice of the Martyrs that says there is more people being saved in Iran right now than anywhere else in the world. And I assure you it is not because white Americans are going in there. It is because investment has been made in discipling people there so that even if you try to keep Americans out, the work of God is going on. Do you understand? You are part, we are part of a big work that our daddy is doing. We participate. Some of it's financial, some of it's personal, some of it's prayer. If you can't give, that's okay. But I assure you, a, a $15 gift this morning that keeps you from Applebee's this afternoon will settle better in eternity. And I hate talking about money. I hate it, hate it. You know that. So I'm not good at raising money for a church, but I'm simply telling you, you got to give more. Not because the pastors need to be paid better or we need a better building. We don't. We, we, can, we will meet in the ashes of this burnt down building but because the word of God must go out to the corners of the world for two reasons. One is because he's doing work and we need to support that. And second of all, because the Lord will only come back when every nation and tongue has heard the gospel. So let's go home. I'm so tired of Washington, D.C. I'm so tired of the news. I'm so tired of, being, of, of the sickness that people face. You want ultimate healing, it's not going to be found by giving $300 to a pastor. It's going to be found when we go home and there will be no more sickness and no more pain and no more tears where our king of kings reigns in justice and honor. So be about the business of the king. Be about the king's business. 
and this is what that's about. D does that make sense to you all? I know that I'm standing up here and this looks like a production. It's not a production. It's kingdom work. Don't be deceived and lulled into thinking this is just another day. It's not. This, this is a gift, and we thank you for your hard work. We know the cost is great. Do you have something else you want to say? You can say. You've got 30 seconds. <laughs> this, this guy hasn't been on time for a meeting with me yet. He's on Uganda time. So he says 9. I should have told him 8.30 because he got here at 8.20. Is it? It's 9.20. Man something, man it, was, it was late, though, brother. Yes. When I come to Uganda, I'm on American time. You say 9 o'clock, I'm preaching at 8.30. So... Yeah, the only thing, there will be, there will be no watches in heaven. Uh, <laughs> a pastor is mentioning money. But I just want to request that don't, uh, as you look at the money, look at lives. Because basically, it is lives. Whether it's $10, whether it's a million dollars you give to this facility for missions, uh, may God help you to see lives. Because when you do that, you are actually touching lives. So, again, thank you for touching lives. And in defense of Paul, he said from the very beginning he didn't want money. He, wasn't, he told me he wasn't going to allow us to take an offering. I said, that's none of your business. Um, I wasn't planning on doing that. I just feel like it's the right thing to do. And, and you refuse, you, he refuses to fill out our mission investment forms, so he's a little bit rebellious, those Ugandan pastors. Now, but in any case, so... I, he did. He wanted friendship with us, and he wanted to share his story. And so, um, but but uh, thank you for being here. This is a blessing. Thank you for being God's children. Now be God's children. And I, I'm not. If you can't afford money, don't. You don't have to give. But pray, 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 pray. Walk with God. Realize that the people that drive you nuts in this community are the mission field. And um, I think our trip to Brazil is full. Is that right? So now uh, we also have a trip going this summer to. Um, where are you? Guatemala is our missionary here that's been here all week. So she left. But Guatemala this summer, if you want to go on a short term, the Lord willing in the future we will be doing something with, with Uganda. Uh, as the Lord allows, I want to be careful. Our first goal is to get you the support you need to make sure the pastors are trained, as you and I have talked. And then we can send Chad to dance before the Africans. And I want to make it clear that even though you were very careful with your words, we knew you were mocking us. <laughs> we knew that. We knew. Did we not know that? He, there's a, I think we can send Donna, Donna, Donna to pray for him while he's dancing. Donna Bustler's going with Chad as Chad dances. <laughs> Have you seen Donna dance? Actually, she and Brad dance country line dancing quite, quite well. She promised prayer. You were like, why are you picking on me? I'm in the third row. All right. So we're going to close in prayer. Thank you very much, everybody, uh, for being here this morning. This is a great day of joy. You have met somebody that you will meet again in eternity and maybe before if the Lord wills. But this is what we do. This is why we exist. So let's, let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, we do love you and we're privileged to be part of your plan. We thank you for saving us from hell, but that is not all you did. You adopted us into your family so that we could get others into the family. And it is our task, Lord Jesus to let the message go to every tribe and tongue and place across this globe, and we ask that you will do that. Lord Jesus, um, make us fruitful for the kingdom. In the name of Jesus, we pray your prayer.